But as you guys get out, I start to hear gunfire, <laughs> like of a shotgun. Yeah. And I was just like, guys, do you guys hear that? But by that point in time, you guys had already been in this gold fever and you guys are so determined. You're like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I think it was some people up on the hill target shooting. They were shooting handguns or something like that. I don't think it was rifles. I think it was handguns. Probably 9mm, 9mm, 45, one of the two. I'm here today with Brent and Nick, and we're going to be trying something a little different. It occurred to me, after our National Park series, we had not yet discussed one of my favorite parts of that trip. The day we went gold panning in a cold Washington River... I figured the best way to share that with you would be to sit down with both of them and remember it together. On trips like the one we took, it's easy to get comfortable hearing about history. I'm always on the lookout for ways to experience it firsthand, to do things people would have done hundreds of years ago, to feel things they would have felt. All right, so where were we in Washington when we decided that we wanted to do this? I think, honestly, it started off with just a bunch of jokes about how I like rocks. And then we were like, hey, we should go gold hunting or searching for gold. I know I got on the topic, like when I was living out in California, the American River out there, it's just littered with fool's gold. And so my sister and I, we were actually, we traveled up to Kings Canyon and we stopped along the side of the highway and we were just like, hey, let's go check out the river. And we stepped down in it. And all of a sudden, we just saw all kinds of shimmering. And we thought it was gold. So we spent like two hours there just playing around in the river. We were like, we actually went and bought like buckets just so we could bring this sand home with each other. I think in part, we just figured we couldn't do worse than that. But because Brent had such a good time with it, we decided to try it ourselves with more of a focus on history. We'd heard about the 49ers of the California Gold Rush and the 59ers of the Nevada Silver Rush, which had happened 10 years later, and wanted to get a better sense of the actual experience of being out in the water trying to strike it rich. Our tour guide in the Virginia City mineshaft, Spencer, had gotten us excited about all of the gold and silver still waiting to be found, but also warned against looking for it underground. There are still 300 miles of silver mine shafts under the small town of Virginia City. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for modern-day treasure hunters to wander into those mines and never come out. A combination of crumbling walls rotten timbers, and lethal gas have killed untold numbers of now-missing persons. Spencer was talking about how there are mines still there that have silver and gold, and even one mine in particular, I think, has a ton of gold, but the mine ended up flooding, and the risk factor between the flooding and trying to remove that and trying to get back down there in comparison to how much gold silver was down there 
it was too high of a risk factor, but apparently there's still a good chunk of stuff down there. Yeah, a lot of times when they come across how much of a vein they think might be down there, they'll have to create an estimate on how much it will cost to go down to get it. And if that cost is too great, meaning if they think, well, we could go down there and get it, there might be a million dollars worth of gold or silver, but it's going to cost us almost that just to go down there and get it. That's not going to be worth it. Cost-benefit analysis, I think, is the industry term. But I got the sense that much of the cost was wrapped up in insuring the operation because of how dangerous it was. Getting coverage for these extended, high-danger... Well, if you go back and look at the time and era... That wasn't a factor then. They literally had a canary. And Spencer was talking about having a canary and that the physical bird. And that was like their indicator of, hey, when the bird stops chirping, that basically means we should get out because of all the toxic poisonous gases that are like coming out of that area. You're going to die. So they used a canary as their method. But like now... We've got all kinds of legislation, laws put in place that just prevents any of that. We can't get away with any of that stuff now. We value human life in a way that they did not. The life expectancy of these guys was 40, something like that. They lived a really wealthy, hedonistic life for about three years. The gas is one thing. It was soft rock mining, which means there were cave-ins all the time. So there's just a huge list of reasons why going back down there today is a bad idea but we went into that probably thinking it'd be fun to go down some mine shafts and wander around spencer told us if you do you will die and no one will ever find your body and so our focus shifted to some i checked out yeah yeah it's like <laughs> i was down there couldn't feel my back anymore and i was like nope <laughs> that's yeah. it for me well, we were looking for some lower risk opportunities to encounter the past. I think the two of us, we were able to stand up. Well, I don't know. You're pretty tall, too. Were you able to stand up all the way in the shaft? Not all the way. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like those mine shafts were like five, maybe five and a half feet. I was barely clearing them, and you guys were breaking your back trying to walk through there. It was absolutely miserable. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look fun at all. Yeah, I think what you want to do in a trip like this is balance official prepared activities or tours where you have preset outcomes that you know you're going to get with times where you're just wandering around doing your own thing and feeling what people in those times would have felt seeing what they would have seen and so coming out of a mind tour and we might have done a second mind tour i don't remember but i think we had the impulse to just go do something on our own and we found this map that showed us a place an hour from where we were in Anacortes where we could go get in a stream and just play dig, around, dig around. Yeah. Well, and, you found an app. Yeah. So, so there's an app and then I started just doing some research on like rock hounding just in general and like places to uh, dig in like specific areas or places that you could. The name of the website we used was rockhoundresource.com. This site not only gave us some idea of the gear we'd need, but it provided a state-by-state map of different locations where precious rocks and metals have been found. 
we basically just picked the GPS location of the nearest place where gold had been found. Gold was first discovered in Washington in the 1850s, and then again in the 1880s. While there was never a gold rush like the ones in California and Alaska, a number of productive mines were established. The vast majority of these were short-lived, but from time to time, a bit of gold still surfaces in rivers. Honestly, the first location that we showed up to just seemed like it was somebody's like backyard almost. Across the river was these house and stuff over there, so I, I remember us trying to like get to it. It was like actually a private property, if you remember that. Well, we're um, driving. Yeah, we're driving. I'm driving like, on a road like in this, this big SUV, yeah. and Brent's looking through the app, and apparently you're able to somehow filter where you're seeing what type of mineral. Yeah, so so we, put, we punched in gold. Map. Yeah, we punched yeah. in gold. So yep. then you're able to see, and I assume it, it works by people are reporting where they found this certain mineral. So people who, are, who have been to this location are putting, hey, I found gold at this location, and they're pinning it on that map on the app. And that's what we did. We just followed yeah. the the GPS to to that location. And what was interesting, it was just like basically coordinates, like the longitude and latitude coordinates. That yeah. wasn't even like like an address or anything. And of course, I remember the very first time you mentioned this, the true crime podcaster in me immediately questions like the motive behind these people. And I just thought, if these people are really finding gold and silver, why are they flagging it to anyone who could go out and find more? That makes sense. And yeah, it's kind of. It's a- just kind. Of, I just thought that was just so weird and odd. And well, and the fact that we're driving down like this kind of almost what I felt like was like a one way like road, middle of nowhere. It just like felt like total axe murder country. Well, and at some points, the GPS was going out of service because we were running out of cell phone service. We were, and we couldn't see. So then the the GPS would go out, but then we had what some people were called gold fever, I guess, where we were just so determined to get to that location, especially because at some point... Brent's just so determined to get to this location <laughs> and we're we just spent so long trying to get to it that we're gonna we're just so determined to get to this area by this small river or lake or whatever it was a river yeah it was a river we were trying to um i i don't even remember the specific river but basically we stopped alongside the road and nick and i remember us us getting out and we see this I don't know. It said private property on the uh, the gate, but we slipped in back there and we we're trying to figure out how to get down. Well, the there river, was a for was, sale sign. Oh, it was, because it was a for we sale were sign. That's what it was. There was a lot yeah. of private property signs all around. Yeah, and I was very anti. Let's not go on property that says private property because we might get shot. <laughs> but then we saw a for sale sign and we thought, well. If there's a for sale sign, we can always, if we get caught, we can always just say that we're looking hey, around we're because we're interested. <laughs> yeah, we're interested in possibly buying some property. So we saw the for sale sign and then when you guys, I believe you guys walked around that property and was able to actually find some way that there was a walkway or something because I ended up moving the vehicle over to near that walkway. Well, so so we started off at the property that was for sale, and we just went back in the back, and we were trying to find a way down. But the woods, I don't know if you remember this or not, Nick, but the woods just trying to get down to the river, it was like a six-foot drop-off like down to the river, and there was a bunch of brush and stuff around. But when we were walking back there, we noticed that there was like black sand 
that actually the whole just ground wasn't really muddy. It was sandy, which makes sense because we're near close to near a riverbank. But usually when you see black sand associated with a river and it's usually in the bend in which in this case was black sand is usually an indication that there could be gold flakes, gold dust, or possibly even gold nuggets there. And it indicates this because the black sand is heavier. Yeah. So, so black sand is what it is, is it's iron. Iron is the black. And what happens is that the sand, the, it's basically just by density. What will happen is that gold is the heaviest. Typically gold will be the heaviest thing in the river period. And so second to that is the black sand. So when You've got a river that's coming around a bend. A lot of times what people will look for is they will look for the bend in the river and they will look for rocks that are multiple different sizes. So usually you'll get larger ones, you'll get some small to medium, but there's a lot of variety of just larger stones just in general and it acts as a catch. So when the river is taking all the particles when the rivers just after rain you've seen a river after it rains it gets really super muddy all the settlement just kicks up because the water is just rushing down what happens is that all that stuff just gets kicked up and then the heavier particles get trapped in the those rocks and so they'll settle down and usually what gets trapped there is that iron the black And underneath of that is usually the gold. So usually that's a good place to look. So anytime you see like an indication of like even on the banks and stuff, black sand, that's usually a good indicator that there's going to be at least some gold dust there or something. So that's kind of, yeah. And so that's what we found is a place with multiple bends. Yeah. That that came together and knotted together in this one spot beneath a bridge. Yeah. And well, so, so before we got to that area, we actually like, I just remember us in that portion, we were picking up sand on on the ground. Like, like, because we, we'd actually, and it had been raining. Yeah. It was raining. So it was very muddy. So I remember I I was driving a Tahoe and made a mess out of that truck. Yeah. So (laughs) I was trying to park it in a way that I wouldn't get it stuck too. Yeah. So like there, there was nowhere to park it. So I was parked on the side of the road and we had two pans. Yep. And we had a bucket, right? And then I think we had some like cups or something. I think it was like cups from like fast food restaurant or something yeah. like that that we had went to prior. I remember like the first location that we stopped at. We that's what I was talking about. We found that black sand there where we were just kind of like picking it up with our hands and then I think we threw some in a cup, but we never did really find anything right. there. So then but, you guys come back to the Tahoe. And we're like, we can't get down to the river, basically, right. is really what happened. Too high. And so we noticed, like, we had passed a place where we saw, like, this bridge, and it looked like a public area, you know, like a walking trail, basically, that you could go There was into. some type of trail that led somewhere we weren't sure what it yeah. was. And so that's where we stopped and did, like, the primary digging, like, where we actually started to... So what happens is you guys ended up getting back in the Tahoe... You guys were already getting muddy at this point. We moved down to the other location. I backed in. But as you guys get out, I start to hear gunfire, (laughs) like of a shotgun. Yeah. And I was just like, guys, do you guys hear that? But by that point in time, you guys had already been in this gold fever. We were so so determined. (laughs) 
You're like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. So I think they it was some people up on the hill, target shooting. They were shooting handguns or something like that. I don't think it was rifles. I think it was handguns. But like um, smaller slugs. Probably 9mm, nine 9mm, millimeter, nine, nine millimeter 45, one of the two. Whatever um, it was, though, it was loud and it was echoing in the woods. You could definitely hear it. But we were so like, we're going to find gold. We're going to find gold that we're like, ah, it's okay. No big deal. Like these guys are just shooting out in the woods or something. Like we thought it was just the locals, like the neighbors. Until we heard the leaves flipping next to us. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, you yeah, guys I leave. Did. You guys yeah. left. You, I yeah. stay in the vehicle. Shane's like, I ain't messing because, with this. <laughs> yeah, so I stay in the vehicle and I'll let you guys talk about after you guys leave the vehicle. So I stay in the vehicle but and we had no cell phone service. Absolutely there was no none service. So it's raining, so it's all muddy. So I ended up staying with the vehicle because we weren't sure if we were going to be allowed to park there. So I, we were worried that someone might stop if it was private property or whatever the deal was. So I stayed with the car and I was hearing the gunfire go off. I tried to record some of it. This is some of what I heard from the car. This is Nick's recording from the creek. I remember at some point in time, I was really worried about the gunfire because I kept hearing it. So I ended up putting the recliner back in my chair and just leaning it back because in my mind, I thought, well, if a bullet strikes the windows, I guess at least if I'm leaning back in the chair, it's going to have to go through the doors of this car. But then at some point in time, I decided that you guys had been gone for a really long time and I was getting really nervous. So I ended up getting out to trying to find you. And we had been gone. But I'll for, let you guys talk about what happens after you guys leave. We had been gone for probably, I don't know, at that point, maybe like 35 minutes, 40 minutes, somewhere around there. And we had found a good spot in the river. And I remember us just walking down almost like underneath of that bridge. And there was this log there that we just propped up our bucket, our panning supplies and that kind of stuff. And then... All of a sudden, we just heard just the gunfire, and I remember Nick just said, hey, I, I don't know, this sounds like it's close. All of a sudden, we just heard like a ricochet like flip right across, like it sounded like it was just coming across the trees over top of us, and then a few more rounds, and all of a sudden, we just felt like it was getting closer, so we start di- diving, like ducking underneath of that log because we thought we were going to get hit by something. But you didn't leave. No, we I didn't. Mean, we were, were still gonna... looking for gold. <laughs> we're going to find them gold nuggets, man. <laughs> but I will say, I was laying in the mud until yeah, the you, firing stopped. You literally I, were in the mud. Initially, you made it sound like we were just walking around undaunted. No. I, I was laying against that log like it, like uh, 
Civil War. It was like Civil War, and I here I am, like the guy, like peeking my head up above the no. log, like trying <laughs> well, to. Hey. <laughs> but also, I don't know guns. I just know that there are guns going off on one side of us, and I keep hearing synchronized with these guns, this flipping through the leaves. Yeah, that was no more than ten feet away. Yeah, and so I asked you, "Is this what I think it is over in these leaves?" And you thought that it was. It, yeah, and we were just like, uh, "Yeah." At that point, I was like, "Yeah, that's what's going on," because it was like you said, it was synchronized. We, yeah, it was, it was scary. That's actually probably the. When I got up, I went under the bridge and went to the other side. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the guy who was like, well, it's yeah. over. So I still Which stayed there. I I'm didn't like, know that because when I approached you guys. That was before you came. Dad. Yeah. Nick, you were on one side of the bridge and Brent was why. still on the other. I didn't know that yeah. until now. But I'm still on the side of potentially yeah. getting shot. because. But I you didn't most, have any cares. You were just over there just moving I a mile so a minute. I was so enthralled with my little pan trying to find them yeah. gold nuggies. <laughs> you were over there just in your own little world, yep. just super excited. And we were gonna there's find video evidence too. of it, too. Yeah, we've got, yeah. But I will say that while I had enough sense to walk away from gunfire, there really is a feverish, adrenaline-fueled energy to the whole thing you find yourself losing track of time not realizing how tired you are how cold how hungry when you actually walk away from the stream three hours later it feels like it's been a half hour later and at least i was to the point of we were there falling asleep yeah i was i was physically exhausted by by the an experience that should not have been that tiring but my adrenaline was just driving the whole thing and i didn't expect that we we were not chasing gold nuggets either only in our dreams we were chasing little specks of like fine gold dust frankly sparkle and to be honest with you i don't think we found anything at all even though we thought we did (laughs) we thought we did yeah well i just would have amounted to 35 cents worth of gold yeah. It was definitely not worth getting shot over. It wouldn't have paid for the gas to get there. <laughs> get there, but yeah. even that was intoxicating. It was, and not in ironic, self-aware way. It was really intoxicating. The idea that there is precious metal at your feet—you just have to keep digging. Right. And I remember, like at one point, Shane said it was raining, it was cold, and the water was even colder, and. At one point, I was trying to keep my shoes dry and that kind of thing, but I got so enthralled and I started looking over at the other side, like what I was describing about the rocks being in those that specific formation of just multiple stones of larger, smaller size, that kind of thing in a bend. And I'm like, I need to get over there. So I didn't want to get my shoes wet. This water's freezing. And I literally take my shoes off and just walk across the river and when I got back out of the water, I just realized like how cold my feet actually was. And so I don't think it was at that point, like anything that would have damaged anything, but like I couldn't imagine just thinking of like people who were doing that hours upon end, days upon days, and just not thinking about that stuff, getting frostbite, getting whatever, just being out there because they're so consumed trying to find it. Right. I would not have believed it until doing it. Yeah. And it was probably 35 degrees or 40 degrees the yeah. water. I was up to my knees for probably an hour and a half, yeah. and I didn't feel it at all. Yeah, I got to the point Until where my legs Until we got out, numb. and I almost went down on one knee. I was so yeah. cold and so tired. And uh, yeah, to I, add to this, well, 
Shane is just enjoying this spectacle of these two knuckleheads digging around. Recording and and taking pictures. In cold water for specks of gold that don't exist. (laughs) But part of, I think, the absurdity of it is that we're underdressed. We're wearing other people's clothes because we went to a junk shop. We uh, did. A resale shop and bought shoes that didn't fit and other stuff that we knew was going to get destroyed. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, we totally. So this is when we were in Anacortes. We went to that thrift shop and we got ratty like jackets for like $2 and pairs of shoes that didn't fit. That, what like, I thought was weird was that of all the shoes there, of all the men's shoes, Brent picked those red high heels. <laughs> I just thought, why why those and why the women's G-strings, Brent? But I've yeah, never I seen got, him more confident. I, know, I was, he was so I, you confident. You should have seen me out there, man. I he was, was just he was strutting my stuff. <laughs> but I also loved at one point when Nick ends up going further into the woods and Brent is over there doing his thing in the river. I thought that because the river is going wild and strong and it's hard to hear anything. And it's also like misting. So everything is wet. I thought that I heard Nick yell. And when I heard Nick yell, I yelled back asking if he was okay and I didn't hear anything back. So I yelled down to Brent and I said, Brent, I think Nick is yelling for us to come help him. And Brent goes, okay, and he is still doing his little thing with his pan. And I said, Brent, I think we need to go help Nick. All right, and he's still doing his thing. (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, Brent, get out of the water right now. And he goes, okay, I'm on my way. (laughs) He puts down his I was just like, I was busy trying to find them nuggets. (laughs) And he finally comes up and we go find you. And I was frustrated I, because I, I was like, I had to put my shoe because I, I was like trying to put my shoes back on and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. And I guess you you had yelled. So I did hear you yell. Yeah. No, I just thought I found gold. I mean, yeah, I, he was I trying was, to get I was my attention. I trying to get your attention. Yeah. Nothing crazy happened, but we did. That's the interesting thing about it was we ended up pretty far apart from each other and it was just this mindless thing that happened where we were just in the moment trying to find stuff and we all just the two of us just went our separate ways which was interesting we didn't stay together we were just looking at different parts of the river and we just decided to go without even talking to each other and so all of a sudden i look up and nick's gone like (laughs) and so yeah i remember trying to get back over to you and i'm like how in the world did you get down over there it was a big nest of broken tree branches right in the middle of the so i had to walk just get down in the river to get to it but there was so much black sand i could see it from the bank i was just chasing that (laughs) did you guys notice that on the bridge there were signs there talking about how the river that we were in is used by trout it would have been a good trout there (laughs) there were yeah so all over that bridge there were actually large signs i guess do you guys remember the lady that was walking there with her dogs? Yeah, they had the dog. Yep. Yeah, so there was a lady who started walking with her dogs there. But she didn't walk very far, just to the bridge and back. And because I felt weird because Brent was down there and you were down there. And so, like, she approached with her dogs. And I just was just like, oh, they're well, the digging dog for found gold. Me. They're digging for gold or something <laughs> like that. Because I was just like, oh, we probably look really weird with buckets and uh, vehicle 
a black vehicle parked backwards, you know, like this is very true crime. We're burying a body back here, you know, in the woods with gunfire going off. <laughs> Not to mention the windows are blacked out on that yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was just very weird. And then you could just tell like she was just uncomfortable approaching three men in the woods. So I was just like, oh yeah, we're looking for gold. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so there were also three, there, there were big, these big three signs. I think I have pictures of them that, that talked about how it was used for trout and so that that was the purpose of the river. So it's a very strong flow, and then the trout flow upstream in that river. But I think it's funny, though, because you both walked past those three very large signs, didn't even look at them. I had no— You were so focused on what you were doing that you didn't no even idea. pay attention. I don't remember the lady. I don't remember the dog. <laughs> I, remember I remember the lady, the lady just because her dog— came down to greet me because i was on that one side i just heard it and it was scurried down and was yeah. like trying to get to me but i remember that but i definitely don't remember those signs and we walked that bridge three or four times like we i know i did like walking past several times so it just goes to show that i was focused on the dirt that was in my bucket and my pan and moving it around yeah i think one of the things that is interesting about it to me is the fact that we knew it was absurd. It felt absurd. And now, especially reflecting on it, we can shake our heads, but I would go do it again tomorrow if I could. And I think it's this primal self-validating activity where you can just get dirty and chase money it's that it's I, almost I, like that I, adrenaline of like trying to strike it rich it's more they, than that though it's not just about money yeah it's it's maybe just about on some level achieving something that is about luck and it's yeah. about being determined and putting your hands to something being willing to go the extra 10 feet take your shoes off in 30 degree water or whatever the case may be, just engaging the natural environment on these very elemental terms. Yeah. It's not so different from building a campfire and the percentage of the experience that consists of that will vary from one person to the next. But I think it's in there. Yeah. I think it's in there for me. Like I, I really, we saw nuggets at the gem shop that, would have blown our minds had we found them. Yeah. And they were good-sized. He was selling them for $35. I know. And it was yeah. real gold. Like I it saw was, that. So yeah. it's like, had we found something like that, we would have lost our minds. We would have freaked out, yeah. <laughs> and it would have been awesome, and it would probably be up on one of the walls here in a frame. Well, like yeah. A giant, <laughs> giant frame. frame. <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw that, when I saw those, I just thought... Boy, if I would have just seen one of those, like it would have been so easy for one of you guys to just buy it and just been like, oh, I found this at the beach. Because that wasn't the only location that you guys had searched for. We were for. trying. At Pyramid yeah. Lake, you guys saw black sand and you guys used a cup or something and had cupped up some yep. black sand. And I still got some. And- yep. So I refer to that just to say we knew we weren't going to get rich and the hunt was still real. The adrenaline was still pumping. If you were you know? to describe the experience in its base components to someone and say hey do you want to be wet and tired outside to no purpose at all nothing good will come of it you're not going to have any more money any more energy you're going to be hungry and dehydrated 
oh, will we be hiking? No, you're going to stand in the same spot for three hours. You might be <laughs> shot at. You're going to be starving. You're describing a really yeah. terrible experience, yeah. and yet it's not. Yeah. And yeah. so that was the thing I kept coming back to and saying, what does this say about me? What does this say about people? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is, I am not the kind of person who would, uh, who, who would ex- I, I would expect to go for that, and I did. So I think the attestment to Shane, like trying to get my attention of, hey, Nick just yelled and we're, you need to go check, see what's going on. And I'm still like enthralled with my pan and these rocks in this pan. I think that's a personal attestment. I think it hit me a little bit harder that you're like, oh, shoot, I'm like basically ignoring someone who could be in danger. He could have fallen to the river. <laughs> he could have could be like, a bear. He could have been like, <laughs> but I'm still like, hey, we're going to find that gold nugget. <laughs> but what if I miss out on the one time when he could have found a gold nugget? Yeah. But I also love, too, that there was this, the way that we just d- described even finding gold, we had a term for it that, that made it sound fun. And that was a golden nuggy, which sounds so childish, but it also makes it also sound fun. Yeah. So like we, so after the entire experience, like it sounds absolutely horrible. I remember like telling people what happened after we left there. We were so hungry, wet. We ended up coming across that little diner. Do you remember that? The food was... Not great, but we were so hungry. In that moment, the food was amazing. Yeah, oh my God. I was physically <laughs> shook. Yeah. yeah. And a- people also need to know that we have been driving in the car for a very long time leading up to this point. So we were already to a mental and physical exhaustion state. We weren't in our best condition to be out there doing all of this yeah. stuff, too. But we go through all of that, and after the after that point, we still refer to it as, are we going to find the golden nuggie? It still was this fun thing that we were still referring to it as. Well, I think at this point, honestly, we were on week three, like the end of week three, mm-hmm. and we had driven thousands of miles. Yeah, well, we started and, doing CrimeCon, a yep, huge crime convention. In Vegas. We start driving through all of these national parks. So we were already doing all of this, driving all of these thousands of miles, doing all of that up to this point. So all to say that we were, after this entire experience, we were still calling it and giving it this, this fun experience. Days before we started panning for gold, we watched the movie The Ballad of Buster Scruggs back at the Airbnb. In one scene, a gold prospector played by Tom Waits, searches for gold along a riverbed. And it was here that Brent found his other go-to phrase. Hello, Mr. Parker. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Parker. That was basically Brent for two days straight. He was calling for Mr. Pocket pretty much everywhere we went. Like someone who had just lost their dog. We brought all kinds of material back to Airbnb. And I think even then, after that, I spent two hours out there like sifting through material from that bucket. 
I don't know if you remember coming out me doing that, Nick, but I was out there still playing in sand after all of this done. Right. And I think it's fair to say that we spent more money on the gas to go out to that location and on the pans than what we actually found in gold, yep. unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think. But I had like a little sniffer bottle that I was like, so to explain a sniffer bottle. As one does. Yeah, a sniffer bottle. A sniffer it doesn't sound bottle. just it sounds questionable to begin with, but it's called a sniffer bottle. And basically, usually those are, this one was a cheap one. It just had like the little, pla- it was basically a plastic tube, but usually they're like a glass tube. But the goal of it is that you get a little bit of water in it and you squeeze it to have a little bit of pressure, suction. And when you find a little bit of gold dust or like a small nugget, like in the pan, you're able to release that pressure in the bottle and it sucks up that nugget into the sniffer bottle. And so once... the sniffer bottle is full or like you found everything that you could in your pan, you let that dry and basically just open up the cap and let the water dry. And what's left is basically the fine dust that's in the bottle. So that's the principle of like the sniffer bottle. But I had one of those and I could have swore up and down. I had like at least a little piece but after I started, dumped, I dumped it out on like the, a little paper towel and stuff like that. And I thought I had something, but then I like knocked the paper towel and then I never found it again. So we may or may not have found gold. <laughs> I, I would swear that I found some in that See, bag, but I too. don't know how to sift it out. I think yeah. I dumped it right back. I remember you just getting frustrated. Just I like don't know what I'm doing paint. to this day, yeah. but. It, there was something there. Yeah, yeah. So we can say that we found some, but we don't have the gold to prove it. <laughs> something the size of a grain of sand. Yeah, yeah, literally the grain of sand. Yeah, <laughs> that is how big it was. Yeah, yeah it was tiny. Well, Brent says it's tiny. Never was a truer word spoken, and there's probably no better place to leave it than that. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. And if you're ever in a situation where you might try some gold panning, I'd encourage you to do it. You won't get rich, but you'll better understand the past. And at the end of the day, that's what history is all about. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.